0: Hi, I'm Emily Trotter, and you're listening to Bible Talk on the Nothing But Fine Network. When I was a little girl, my grandfather, who was a gospel singer, always said he was nothing but fine when someone asked him how he was. My hope is that within our studies of God's Word, you will be reminded that through hard seasons and unforeseen circumstances, we can find contentment because God is in control and life is nothing but fine. Hi, so glad you're here. So good to see you. (laughs) I'm gonna say it every time, and I'm gonna laugh every time. Um, I mean, do you you see this mess? Gosh, it's a mess in here, guys. I got stuff everywhere. Um, So, wow. I mean, has this not been great? I'm I'm so fired up about Matthew. Um, I just I I can't. I mean, I'm learning things. I mean, I'm learning things. Is that a good thing or a bad thing for you for your teacher or your teacher? I'm using quotation marks Um, uh, for somebody that, that wants to teach you the Bible or lead a Bible study that they're learning things, too. I guess that's important is to constantly keep keep learning and to keep that's the thing that. The Bible is living and active. That's what it says in Hebrews. And by that, I mean, you get things, different things every time you read it, every time you study it, you're going to get something new out of it. So we've talked about, I mean, we're at the end of Sermon on the Mount. That was done. Seven was it. Jesus is done with the Sermon on the Mount and now we're moving on and I'm um I'm just I, I just I can't I can't wait. I can't wait. Um because who knew that Matthew eight was such an important chapter and had so many great things in it? Um because I think that when we read a book like Matthew and we read all these little, and the way that our, our you know, that the Bibles are, are printed and set up, it's like little paragraphs here, paragraphs here, paragraphs. And and it's hard sometimes to see how they all go. It's it, sometimes it feels like we're just seeing little snippets of stuff. Like if, um if so, it, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking so fast that my mouth can't keep up so like if you're going to watch a show um, and you go to whatever streaming platform that you're going to watch and you can look at at a show that's already, it's not like you're waiting this is the the luxury of television these days all these shows, is you can look and see like a little snippet a little show note if you will about uh, you know what the episode is about Um, and you can go episode by episode, you can go season by season, things of that nature so when I tell you guys that you can go on Nothing But Fine and look up the show notes, or if you're on wherever you listen, wherever you listen to this podcast, and you go and you can see what what each one is about, those are just little snippets. It's not going to cover everything that happened in that episode, right? And so you kind of can get a feel of what each thing is about, but you're not going to get the whole story. And so I was looking at this when I first, I was like, how am I going to, I mean, maybe I should break chapter eight up. I mean, I just don't know what to, how to put this together. Should I just te- teach each bit by bit and talk? Ah, oh, now that's going to take forever. <laughs> we don't want to be here longer than we have to. Right. So, um, so, but as I was studying it and I kept reading it over and over again, I kept just reading it word by word by word. I got a different picture than what I expected because I, one of those, sometimes I get lost where I'm like, well, okay. The first bit of chapter eight is when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Well, how long was he on the mountain? How long was he preaching? Was it a long sermon? Was it several days? Was there an intermission? Were there snacks? Okay. Well, he came down. Well, I mean, I mean, how far up was he? How long did it take him to get down? Well, then they, so we know that they were heading to Capernaum, but they ended up in Capernaum. Well, that's by the, that's by the Sea of Galilee. I mean, like it's on the banks of the Sea of Galilee. So, I mean, how long did it take them to get from whatever mountain they were on to, to Capernaum? I mean, how long did that take? And all these crowds that were coming, I mean, were they just there? Did they, you know, show up bit by bit? I get lost in those kinds of things. In fact, I actually texted my pastor and was like, "So, how long was the sermon about?" <laughs> did somebody say, "Jesus, wrap it up! You've, you're going on a bit too long." Did that? Ha- I did. That did not happen. I'm sure. But I had those kind of questions, and then I didn't get it. I didn't wait for the before the answer arrived. I was like, Emily, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, and so I read it again, and I was looking through the stories, and and so I think that these, because this is different, of course. Matthew and Luke, Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell the same stories just in different order, whatever. And I think that the way that Matthew has told it here, or the way that it ended up by divine guidance, right? Um, the way that they edited it, edited the scriptures and put them together, I think that this picture and this story that I got out of it today is pretty remarkable. That's not to say that I'm 100% right. This is just my what I'm g- gleaning from it through the Holy Spirit and, and what he is teaching me and what I have learned in this, okay? So stick with me. Stick with me, okay? First, we have this. So, here, so it, it's in chapter eight. It says, "When he had come down from the mountain, a great multitude followed him, and behold, a leper came and worshipped him." Uh, first of all, a leper was a skin condition and and, and very painful. I, and it was believed to be connected to sin. So not only were you unclean physically, you were probably unclean in your heart and had some things that you needed to take care of, right? And the way that the lepers were, you went to, if you had a spot on you that looked a little iffy, you were sent to the priest and the priest looked at it. And he had, y'all, I look this up. It's in Leviticus 13 and 14. It is extensive, <laughs> I was like, well, I'll be able to tell the people. No, I can't tell you what it all says, because it went on and on and on and on. So if you want to know about leprosy and how the Jews handled it, go read Leviticus 13 and 14, and you'll get a little bit of an understanding, or you'll at least go, oh, good grief, forget it, okay? Because I kind of had to give up and skip. Well, I skipped to the end. So for him to be up and running, it was be painful, and that he was going to approach Jesus... It had to be like a oh, no, 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 don't do that. He, he's dirty, he's unclean, Jesus. Cause it was they it was it contagious? I don't know. I've always heard that leprosy was contagious, but now I don't know. But they were they were isolated. They had to stay away from the people, okay? So now and that's not to say you can't be cured or healed from it, but I don't know how long the process was. And this man was He was a leper and whatever issue he got had going on or how it started, he came worshiping God and he says to him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. The posture of his heart that he approached him worshiping and he said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He had that faith. And he knew that God would either do it or he wouldn't. And it seems like he was okay either way. Okay. And then Jesus put out his hand. He touched him and touched him saying, I am willing. Be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleaned. And Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one, but go on your way, show yourself to the priest and see, this is what I learned looking through this in Leviticus. That was, that wasn't like Jesus was saying, okay, go show off, go tell them who, that you're, that you're, that I healed you, that you've been healed. No, that was the protocol that for him to say, look, my, my leprosy is gone and he'd have to show himself to the priest and the priest had to inspect him. It, it didn't have any, um, they probably wouldn't ask questions like, how did this happen? Who did this? I just saw you. I, that probably wasn't a, a thing that was going to happen so that this could be so that he could follow what Jesus said. I've always been conf- confused about this, him saying, don't tell anyone. And the reason that Jesus often says that, can y'all tell I'm excited? I'm going so fast. Whew, take a deep breath. The reason that I'm always confused by him saying, don't tell anyone, but go show the priest. It's not a contradiction. He was supposed to go show the priest so the priest could declare him healed, that it had gone away, and that he could go do the offerings that he was required. It's a very many steps. It's a long process. But he would eventually be declared clean, and he could come back in to the community and not be on the outside and avoided. Okay, so this first part right here, we're seeing a Jew who was considered unclean because of his physical ailment. Next, we're going to see the very next part is Jesus heals a centurion servant. Okay. Well, now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, so they've gotten to Capernaum and a centurion who was like the, he was the leader. It wasn't, I I thought this was interesting. It's of like an eighty a group of 80, not a hundred, like you would think, um, like centurion, like century, hundred Anyway, um, I digress. So he, he was a commander and this was a great, you know, but he was a Gentile. If he's a centurion, it means that he's Roman or sent from the Roman government. It it doesn't, he's not Jewish. Okay. But he's in Capernaum as I guess the law and order, if you will. So he's a Gentile. He's not a Jewish. He's not Jewish. He's not a believer in that. But he has heard about Jesus, and he says to him, my servant is sick. He's paralyzed. He's dreadfully tormented. And Jesus says, I'm, I'll come. I will come, and, and I will heal him. And the centurion's like, no, 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 no. He says, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof but only speak a word and it'll happen. And even Jesus is amazed at the faith that this Gentile is showing. And he says, assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And he spoke and the servant was healed. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you, and his servant was healed that same hour. So now we've got this healing that has come also from an unclean person, and this unclean person is unclean because he's a gentile, he's outside of the Jewish faith. Okay? So, when they get in to Capernaum and they arrive back, they're going to Peter's mother-in-law's house. And this is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. And I'm like, oh, here it is. Did I, I did I not know what I know, I didn't. I couldn't tell you where it was in the Bible, but I knew it was in there. I'm sorry. I need to repent of that and pray about it. So, but this passage, so when Jesus and it's just two verses, guys, or is it two? No, it's three. So it says, now when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and served them. Now she wasn't unclean. She just had a fever. But here's the thing. She gets, I can't wait to meet her in heaven. I am going to. To seek her out, number one, I want to know what her name was, and I really want to know about Peter's wife because I mean, he seems like a handful, am I right? Um, because I am, and I kind of I mean, I really kind of identify with Peter. <laughs> I understand him, I feel like way more than Paul. <laughs> so Peter, I, I just I want to know this woman because here's the thing. she didn 't feel good, and now she's got all these men descending into her home where she lives. And I'm going to tell you, I've said this before. I have been here. I've been to Capernaum in this part. um, And when you see this spot that they believe that they're pretty 100% certain was Peter's mother-in-law's house where she lived, you can feel, you can feel the spirit and the power that had happened in this area. It is a feeling that I have, I mean, it was almost like it was heavy. Like when you stepped into Capernaum, it was like, this is the weight of what all has happened in this area is, I mean, you can feel it. And so she immediately gets up. So she's, she's got all these men descending and she doesn't feel good. I mean, we can all relate and he heals her and she immediately gets up and starts serving. She immediately is getting snacks. I imagine, you know, saying, Oh, sit here. Let me, let me get your feet. Let me, let me get your shoes. You know, she's doing what, what, what women do really. She begins to serve. And here's the cool thing about it. This is why I love it so much. This became their base of operations. When Jesus wasn't out ministering, he returned here to Capernaum, to this woman's home, to get rest. I want to talk to her. How do we have a home like that, where the Savior of the world wants to come sit on my couch and let me take care of him? I want that. I want that. I want to have that kind of home. Don't you? So I, I'm, I'm, I'm finding her. Because after she was healed and she starts serving, uh, people heard and all these people were coming. All of these folks were coming and there were so many people that were healed. The next part that happens is people are saying, Hey, we want to be, fo- we want to follow you. We were going to do. And, and remember when we said in chapter seven, that it's a narrow gate. It's a, it's a narrow road. It's going to be hard. What well, Jesus is telling him, y'all, this is, we don't have a permanent home. We don't, you know, it's, it's tough. I mean, this isn't like this job doesn't pay well. It's going to be hard work. People aren't going to always like you. Okay, so not everybody who came and said I'm going to follow you, not everybody did. A lot of people probably had second thoughts, and then probably went home. Okay, so the next thing now, when he got into the okay, so he let me see. So this is the storm. So remember, Sea of Galilee, home home area, home sea, home lake uh, of these guys, right? Because remember. Yeah, what? At least four of them were fishermen. I guess. Well, I guess four of them. So you know, they. they, It's not like they didn't know what it was like. And and the Sea of Galilee is known for just the way that it is. I guess topography wise, the topographical. You like those words? Those, yeah. Um, Storms can blow up quickly and they can be pretty rough. And like I said, I've been here to this area. The loudest thunder I've ever heard in my life was on this lake. I I woke up in the middle of the night and thought we were under attack. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's happening. It was just thunder. Um, The way that it bounced around those little hills around it, oh, my gosh, it was so loud. But here's the thing. I can understand these men... When they get out on this boat, well, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. So they get out on the boat. Y'all know this story. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us. We're perishing. But he said to them, why are you fearful? O you of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds in the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the winds in the sea obey him? Y'all, they had just seen all these miracles. They had just seen him cure and heal people. They, they, they saw it. They saw the leper be clean. Peter's mother-in-law, sick in the bed. They saw her immediately get up, feeling the best she'd probably ever felt in her life, and saw her serving. Then the multitude that was waiting. Holy moly. The things that they had seen. And so they're afraid. And, and for them to be afraid, it would probably meant a little more than if I was afraid, because I would be afraid. Because these were, were fishermen who were used to this. And they were like, what is happening? You got to help us. jesus i look what how are you asleep this is bad we could drown we're only i mean we're only 4 miles from the shore but we could die here and you're just sleeping they had already forgotten what he could do after all that they had just seen so they get across, and where they get out is Gentile region. Okay, and they go, and and they're there. This is when. So there are men by the tombs in these in this Gentile city, and these two men who are possessed see him coming, and they immediately, you know, declare who he is. They're like, "Oh, what do you want, Son of God?" See, even the demons know who he is, right? They immediately recognized him. They probably knew him before they had been cast out of heaven, right? So they knew that. And so they were like, you got to get, they were like, but don't kill us. The demons, not the men, the demons are saying, no, 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 don't, don't kill us. Don't get rid of us. Okay, we'll leave these two guys, but, but let us go somewhere else. And so Jesus casts them off. Cast them, not off, cast them out of these two men and these spirits, all of them, uh, however many there were, jumped into uh, a, a, what is a group of pigs called? There was a, there was a, a herd. It's not a flock, a herd, a herd of many swine feeding. So they go into, they go into the, this herd of swine because, and just because Jesus said, Go. And so they went into the the, the herd of the swine and suddenly the whole herd of swine ran violently down the steep place into the sea and they perished in the water. So the two guys who'd been delivered come back and say, they go tell everybody what's happened and it scares these people in this town. And they're like, you got to get out of here. You've just, you, you, you've just killed our livelihood. You, you caused our, our pigs to jump off a cliff. You got You got to go. We're not comfortable with this. And so they leave here again. They saw who Jesus was. Hmm. They saw the power he had. And they were uncomfortable, and they did not believe and put their faith in him. So this chapter gives us such a varying view of the people that were encountering Jesus in this point in his ministry. You had all these different people that were coming to believe in him and coming to know him. What would that be like? What have you seen? What have you lived through? What have, what have you witnessed? What have you felt that has proven God is who he says he is? That you just kind of forget. I've done it. I do it all the time. I know you're God. I know. I know you've already done these miracles, but maybe this time you're not. Oh, ye of little faith, is what God says. Emily, really, keep the faith. Let's work on it together. Jesus loved you.